You ever wondered what it means just to live for Jesus? I know that's a crazy question, but, you know, I think most, most people of faith, most believers, we know that we should and we want to, um, but often we just don't know how. I mean, what does that actually mean? Live your life for Jesus. Obviously, it's, I think it's rooted in the message that Jesus gave us. You know, Scripture says we are to be witnesses to him. Doesn't mean to go witnessing. Once upon a time, I remember when I first became a Christian, that was in my mind, it meant that you went out and told people about Jesus, literally. Like, walk down the main street with tracks, Bible under arm. I remember being outside nightclubs at 2am with a Bible under one arm and tracks in the hand and assaulting drunks as they come out who definitely did not want to know anything about Jesus at that point, but we were going to tell them anyway, okay? And it was all well-meaning, etc. but I'm just not sure that's what Jesus was saying when he said, I, I think what it means to live for Jesus is attached to the message that he wants us to share. How we perceive that message will shape how we act. It, it will shape how we think what it is to, to be a Christian and to live for Jesus. It will shape that. And that's what I want to look at tonight. I actually want to look at what is the message that we are called to affirm. And I think there's, there's really two ways about thinking about Bible spirituality. And it starts in the most ancient story in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, it gives us a hint. There was different trees in the garden. There were two very specific trees in the garden. One was the tree of life. And one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And right back in that ancient set, setting, mankind chose, made a really poor choice what tree they wanted to live out of. They decided that it would be best to know good from evil. How cool would it be to be able to make judgments on what's right or wrong? And often I find that even myself and certainly large segments of the church seem to be making exactly the same mistake and living out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, rather than living out of and taking as our core message the tree of life. God said to them, they were fine with the tree of life. It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil that he put a restriction on. He said, the day you eat that stuff, the day you participate in that level of thinking is the day you die. Wow. Well, so I want to look at our message. Um, you know, what this means, not living out of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, it's going to be good news for you tonight. As a matter of fact, if what we believe about Jesus isn't good news, then we're not believing the right stuff about Jesus. When we talk about the gospel, that's just a word that means good news. So anything that we can communicate about Jesus, if it's not good news, even to the most sinful ears, then it ain't the way Jesus told us to communicate it. Jesus spent so much time with people who were really, really broken, really, really on the fringes, were recognized by their communities as sinners, and everything Jesus said to them seemed to be good news. Some of it was challenging. Some of it revealed where their hearts were at. But at the end of the day, it was good news for the hearers. It was the way 
of life. So living out of the tree of life doesn't mean we have to comment on everything that's happening in our society. We've just seen too many Christians do that, do dumb stuff, and I don't care how true a scripture might be, if you don't have a relationship with the person and be able to follow up on it and somehow walk them in a journey through it, then you're just savaging them with Bible truth. You're not actually preaching the good news. So isn't that a relief? We don't have to comment on everything in the society. That's not our message. And we don't need to shove either our opinions or the Bible down people's throats. That's good news. Living out of the tree of life certainly doesn't mean that we need to tell people they're going to hell if they don't accept Jesus. The first thing I'd say to a Christian is, which of the three hells in the New Testament are you talking about? And honestly, I found most Christians don't even understand the differences between what the New Testament says about hell It's like they're not even good at telling people how to get lost. (laughs) At least our community's good at telling you how to get lost. True? The Christians aren't. That's not our message. It's okay. You don't need to know. It's not your message. (laughs) You come and talk to me about it later if you need to, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about those things, but. Exactly right. Or you can listen to our podcast and you'll find out. I'm not certain that that's what we should be doing. What I am certain about is that it's not my job to tell them that. I'm not certain whether people are going to hell or not. I have no idea. I I look around, I see a lot of people living in, in the kind of hell Jesus spoke most often about. And they're actually living it day to day. They're living diminished lives because of poor choices. And, and Jesus is dead right. And the good news he shared with them was you would be better off plucking out your own eye or cutting your own hand off if it stopped you making the decisions that are burning you right now. Wow. Have You, you know, Jesus is fairly relevant when I think about pornography. <laughs> You'd be better off plucking your own eye out than living in that hell. You don't need to say amen. You can be quiet. It's okay. <laughs> Here's here's our message. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. There you go. That's pretty well everything we need to know about the message we have as Christians. Jesus rose from the dead. That's good news, and I want to tell you why. So tonight, my title of my message is, Our Message is Life. Our message is life. It's life. Uh, Most ancient picture is the tree of life. The most recent picture is a tree planted on Calvary that the Son of God sacrificed his life upon so that we could have life. And then the good news that he came back to life. So the story starts with the tree of good news and it ends with the tree of good news. That's our message. The life-giving nature of the gospel, the good news. Listen to the Apostle Paul. I'm going to read a heap of scripture at you tonight. Are you okay? Going to just blow our old conceptions out our brains. It's not bad. Blow your brains out with scripture. It's not bad. Needed a good clean. Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. And this is the great apostle Paul, and this is his cry. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power 
of his resurrection. Isn't that great? That's what I want. Look at the next few phrases. And participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. What's Paul talking about? Paul is sort of saying somehow if I can lay down some of my life the way Jesus, this is how you know Jesus. This is how you get to know him, right? This is Paul saying, I just want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. How will I do that? If I can somehow surrender some of my life, some of my self-will, some of my selfishness, if I could just die to myself, then the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ will manifest itself in me and I will become a new creature from the inside out. I will know the power of his resurrection if I just let him put me to death first. (laughs) Just like John the Baptist said, hey, we must decrease He must increase in our lives. I will make room for you. Your way is better. (laughs) Do we believe it? See, it's easy to sing, isn't it? It's easy to sing, but but this is how we live it. How, How do we be a Christian in this world? Our message is not to point out people's sin Hey, I, I spent last night, was it last night? Yeah, I spent last night in a bar in Hallidon singing songs. As the night progressed, it got more interesting. Till about nine o'clock, it was starting to get really interesting. And I, I thought, what am I doing here? About the time some guy came up and got in my face and requested some really bad songs, I thought, what am I doing here? And, you know, I couldn't help but think, I think this is exactly where Jesus would probably be. The well don't need a doctor. You don't need me. But there's, you know, but there's a lot of people out there that do. (laughs) If I could just die to myself and then I would experience his life at work in me, transforming me, motivating me, inside out change and growth is what Paul's talking about. If I could know Christ and the power of his resurrection, if I could just partake in his sufferings, if I could just lay my agenda and my life down a bit, then his life would come alive in me. So what's our message? What's our witness, quote unquote? What are we to witness to? The resurrection is what that verse that I just read said. So the resurrection is power to change. Here's just some thoughts about the resurrection. It's the power to change. You know, if the Christian life is anything, it's a metamorphosis. It's transformational. It is the old grub, caterpillar, to a beautiful butterfly. Or maybe even just a moth. I mean, some of us are pretty and some of us are plain. The main thing is, we're not going to be grubs anymore. That's, that's the point, is, is that God loves us just the way we are, but loves us too much to leave us where we are. And so we go on this transformational journey. And it can be three steps forward and two steps back at times. Who's worked that out? Who's ever had one of those times that it's one step forward and three steps back? I mean, that can be the journey. But the main thing is, is that we just keep coming back to that tree of life. 
and surrendering, even if we can just surrender a little bit of ourselves, give God some of us to work with. And then his resurrection power can be at work in that. Our witness is that lives can change. It's not telling people they need to change. It's showing them that ours has. <laughs> Something has changed significantly at the center and that is undeniable. And if it's not obvious, honestly, you have to question yourself whether it's happened. I don't want to drop this good microphone, but... Yeah, honestly, if it's not a little bit of, even if it's just a little, if it's not a little bit obvious, then you have to question whether you've surrendered anything. It's not about whether you go to church or pray or read the Bible or not. It's about whether Jesus is changing you. Romans 12, 1, 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, this is Paul again, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Holy simply means separate, not for common use. Don't just go the way of this world. Be a little bit separate. Die to yourself a bit. The self-agendas, the lusts, the temptations that are thrown at us continuously, Just live a bit different to that. And Paul's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I love to sing. I do. I sang 19 songs last night without music or words. I thought I did all right. I don't know what it sounded like, but I thought I did all right. I love to sing. It's not necessarily worship. Not necessarily. It can be. If it's an expression of a surrendered heart, I have made room for you. If it's that expression, it is. But if it's just singing songs, it's not necessarily worship. What worship is, is God, I am going to make room for you. I'm going to give you some of myself. I'm going to give you something of me to work with. And and this old dead thing, this old dead way of thinking or being or acting, I'm going to surrender it to you so that you can breathe on it and bring me back to life again. Do not conform. Listen to this, to the pattern of this world. You know the world's got a pattern for you? You notice that? It's, it's really funny. I've always seen this. First, first saw it was years and years ago with art students at the uni. If you're an art student, I champion you. You know, it's all good. But art students at the uni years ago in the 80s, they prided themselves on how non-conformist they were. So they all wore black. <laughs> they were conforming. You do you, boo. Well, that's a group in itself, isn't it? This world has a pattern that it wants to squeeze you into. It's got a mold that it wants to mold you in. But here Paul says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the promise is then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect and pleasing will. I meet so many Christians, it's like, if I just knew God's will. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's, it's, it's a pretty short route, depending on how much you want to surrender. The faster you surrender, the faster you'll get there. <laughs> the faster you lay your own self down, your own agenda, the quicker you'll know what God's agenda is. 
A life that is continually changing and growing is a witness to the resurrection. That's what it is. You don't even have to say anything to anyone. It's a testimony. My life is changing from the inside out. It's not some religious thing that's been foisted upon me, but the Spirit of God is speaking to me and leading me through life, and everything's becoming brand new. Woo! And that's a witness to the resurrection. Just as Dr. Luke says here in Acts, this Jesus God has raised up of which we're all witnesses. How do you know I've been with Jesus? My life is changing. Another thought about resurrection, it's power to live. It's power to change. It's power to live. Now that might seem a little bit obvious, It's the power to walk in newness of life. Jesus put it this way, John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy and he's talking about works of darkness and the devil himself. He's got one agenda for every life, destroy it. Why? Because you're made in the image of God and he hates it. So the more destroy, what's the whole identity crisis about? The whole thing is he hates the order that God has created. Hates everything to do with God and he hates you just because you're made in his image. Even if you don't like God, he hates you with a passion. Because every time he looks at you, he sees fragments of the image of God. I have come, Jesus said, that they might have life and have it to the full. There's the contrast. (laughs) There's the contrast. So the power to live is what Jesus wants to give us and his resurrection. I love Romans 8. I've read this scripture a number of times over these weeks, but I'm going to do it to you again. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. God wants you to live life. I don't know about you, but I know when as a 21-year-old man who just sort of been tangled up in all kinds of things and just all kinds of inappropriate behavior, when I came to Jesus, I swore the, the sky got bluer. It was. It was just like blinkers came off and the sky was bluer and the grass was greener and the birds were chirpier. I mean, it just was like life came to life. That was my experience and that experience made me want to live my life big enough to affect others and to bring some sort of change and and I didn't always do that well sometimes I was the bible thumper I've already admitted it and yes sometimes we should share scripture when it's appropriate I'm not saying we shouldn't I'm not saying that I'm just saying thinking sprouting it out there into the ethernet is going to work is a bad plan it's not God's plan We were originally created to reflect the image of a creator to creation. Now that we have been recreated and born again in Christ, that is now our purpose. So it's less about words and more about people looking at you going, wow, they're changing. Wow, there's life there. Oh man, they seem to have come alive all of a sudden. The power to live. I just wanted to live beyond myself. And 37 plus years later, I still want to do the same thing. And a life fully lived is a witness to the resurrection. A life fully lived 
not just shrink back. I think the greatest danger with social media, and you know, you guys know that I think it just causes all kinds of mental issues, etc. The biggest danger is you just spend your life in a two and a half inch screen. And that's where most of your life resides. And it's such a waste of the breath God's given us. It's actually profaning the name of the Lord. So to profane the name of the Lord is not to say, oh God. It's to actually waste the breath the creator breathed into you so that you would bring glory to God. A life fully lived is a witness to the resurrection. This Jesus, God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Power to change. Power to live. Power to defeat death. This might seem like one and the same, but I want to talk about it for a moment. The power to live is the power to actually defeat death and all of sin's death-dealing ways. Resurrection highlights victory over death, which is actually a victory over, over sin because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So if you've overcome death, then you've overcome the very thing that caused it. So it's power to live beyond the power of sin. And some of us, you can be sitting here listening to this message just going, oh, that's really so good for you, Pastor Chris, but if you knew what was going on inside my heart and my head or what I did last night, you would know why I'm not excited about Jesus. I want to tell you, if you feel like you're really, really stuck and stuff, this should be the best news you've ever heard. Because the resurrection power of Jesus is not only the power to live, it's the power to defeat the very thing that's killing you. And I want to point out to you, the only power that the devil has over you is the power of a lie. That's why you're assaulted in your mind. That's why the battle takes place between our ears. That's it. You want to know where the big spiritual battles happen? It's a very small playing field. It's about that wide. Six inches, whatever it is. It's about that. How many centimetres is that? 15 centimetres. That's about all it is. That's why we get assaulted in our thought life with lust and envy and bitterness, even doubts about our faith. That's why. But listen again to Paul in Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. In other words, the Holy Spirit at work in us gives us power over sin and over death. It is a declaration that we are not doomed to relive the same Groundhog Day again tomorrow. That's a bit of an old reference. Who's seen Groundhog Day, the movie? But you know the concept. A life that is breaking out of old destructive patterns and setting a new trajectory is a witness to the resurrection. You let God change you. You let God's life loose within you. You let God's life and the life of the Spirit, His resurrection power, break the hold of old destructive patterns. The Bible calls them sins. Stuff that destroys. God doesn't destroy us. Sin does. 
The Bible doesn't say that the wages of God is death. It says the wages of sin is death. And God wants to set us free from it. And all of those things, if you've ever wondered how to be a Christian, allowing his resurrection power to work in you has far more impact than handing out a gospel tract or typing a scripture into Facebook (laughs) or doing some other thing like that. Letting him transform you. Letting his life manifest in you. His joy and his peace and his love flow out of you. Breaking old destructive patterns and people look on and go, man, something's happening there. They're changing. They've got more life. They're breaking free of stuff that I wish I could break free of too. This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. I want to ask you some questions real quick. What's my message about Jesus being? I don't mean what I just preached. I mean for each of us. Can we think about that for a moment? What, what, what do I stand for? What's my message? If people had to sort of write down, I think this is what they're about, what would they write down? And I, and I guess I just think it would be wonderful if there were some elements of, oh, I've just seen such a change in them. I just see them just living life to the full, man. I just see them breaking old patterns and setting a new trajectory in their life. Like, Or would you rather them write down, they seem to know their Bible well because they quote it at me all the time. They're always making me feel uncomfortable asking me to pray for them or saying, I pray for you, you know. <laughs> I mean... Some poor sinner's going to feel like they're in the crosshairs of some big spiritual gun when you say, I'm not saying don't pray for, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what are you known for? Are you hungry for change and growth? It's a good question. If you are, then there's another question that just goes with it. Are you prepared to surrender even just a little bit of self-agenda, self-will and say, God, I just want to give this to you. No longer my will, but your will be done. I'm just going to surrender this. This little, it might even just be a very little patch of ground, but I'm going to surrender this, surrender this little patch to you, Lord. Because if you want change and growth, that's how it happens. Do you want the life of Christ to empower you? Do you want that? Same, same, same response. Then you've got to die a little. Or maybe some of us have got to die a lot. You do know I don't mean physically. Can you recognize any lies buzzing around in your head that you need to give to Jesus? Maybe just some old images of what it meant to be a faithful Christian, be a faithful witness. Let's, let's maybe just eject less than helpful images and come back to being a witness that just burns for him. Burns with, with transformational change that can't be denied. It burns with just a life and a bubble up joy and a peace and a love that, man, people can argue with our theology all day, but it's, it's really hard to argue with good character. You know, 
people just looking on and going, wow, what a witness. Their life is changed. They're on a whole different trajectory. I mean, the things that I thought they'd never beat, they seem to have broken free of. And now I've been left back here and I'm just longing to be able to break free of the orbit of some of this destructive self stuff myself. And you will be his witnesses. I hope that's taken some pressure off tonight. We've had fun with that tonight. I think we should pray tonight. Thanks, Josh, for that sweet music. Could we just stand together? Let's just commit ourselves to the Lord. Let's really commit ourselves to the Lord. Really commit ourselves. You know, if you're just hungry for the Holy Spirit to do something fresh in you, change you, challenge you, speak to your heart, just raise a hand up right now. If you're in this place and that's where you're at, if you're here and you're just thinking, man, I just need the life of God. I need to live bigger. I need to get in step with the Holy Spirit. Let him take me places I might not even be comfortable with, but I need to live bigger. Just raise a hand up straight, straight away with everyone else. You know, if you're here tonight and you're like, I need to break the gravitational pull of some stuff in my life that is holding me back and it's not doing me good. I see the destruction it's bringing. Just raise a hand with others. Father, we thank you for the resurrection power of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for just moving and touching people in this place tonight as our hearts are open to you, as we respond to you. Holy Spirit, come in your power. Come in your might. Holy Spirit, begin to touch hearts, I pray. Just right across this place, just begin to do what only you can do, Lord. Just meeting, sealing convictions, some convictions. People have seen things. You've seen images of your life that you want to move away from. Come on, if that's you, open your heart to God. Right where you are, God will touch you by His Spirit. Touch you by His Spirit. Some of you even now just being afflicted with stuff. It's just coming up. It's like the devil is throwing stuff in your face as to why you can't go forward with Christ. I just want to tell you that is nothing more than a lie. The only power it has, if you believe it, that is the only strength in it. It's a paper tiger. It's a straw man. It's not the truth. The truth is you've been set free by the law of the spirit of life in Christ. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you for bringing courage to us, courage to pursue you, courage to hunger for you, courage to open our hearts to you, to open our lives to you, to give you unrestricted access into our hearts so that you can speak to us, you can lead us into broad places, you can lead us into your purpose and will, you can help us break old patterns and spring forth into new life in Jesus' amazing name. Just while we're in this moment of worship and surrender, if you're in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus, then I've just preached a pretty simple gospel message. That's what Jesus does in your life. If you open your heart to Jesus, He's definitely going to change you. You've got to be ready for that. That's Jesus said you should count the cost before you follow me. He will bring change. I, as a young person, I was at a point where Anything looked better than where I was at. I must admit, I did not come to Jesus in a noble way. I came to Jesus because I didn't think I really had many options left. 
So Jesus will change you, but it'll be for the better. I guarantee that. Jesus will give you life. That's why he came. I've come that you might have life, have it to the full. I'm not sure I even knew what life really was until I met Jesus. It wasn't in drugs. It wasn't in sex. It wasn't in hot cars and everything else that I was into. I tried all of that ad nauseum and all it did was make me sick. All it did was kill me in the end. It wasn't until I came to Jesus that I really knew what life was. And Jesus can give you the power to break the orbit of some things that you might identify as really hurting your life. That's what Jesus does. If you've never opened your heart to Jesus tonight, or maybe you did once, but you no longer follow him, I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes right now, if you would, just give people privacy. If that's you, would you just raise up your hand and I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Yep, that is awesome. God bless you, mate. You can put it down. Others in this place, just raise your hand up so I can see it and I'll pray for you. Just anyone else real quick, real quick. I'm not going to hang around. Just this is such an important decision. Such an important decision. Come on, you know you need to make it. I'm just going to wait for you. One more moment. Point of surrender. I will make room for you tonight, Jesus. Amen. Father, God bless you. Yeah, I just saw your hand there. I saw it. God bless you. Father, we all join in prayer for those amongst us that are just opening their heart to you for the first time or for the first time in a long time right now. We just thank you for meeting them. We thank you for them knowing the power of your change in their life, the power of your life flowing through them. Father, the joy of being able to set a new course and break free from things that hold us back. That's our prayer for you guys as you've responded tonight. Make sure that you talk to us before you go and we'll encourage you on your faith journey. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.